Three, two, one. Welcome to Long Run Radio. Let's run. Hi, runners. Welcome to New York Roadrunners Coaching Lab Long Run Radio. I'm Coach Gordon. And I'm Coach Daphne. So, you guys, if you haven't already, you can start your run now. Go ahead and start your watch. We're going to be here for you for the next six... We're going to be here with you for the next 60 minutes because the coaches here at Long Run Radio are your TCS New York City Marathon Long Run Companions. Each week, we're going to discuss topics specific to your long run. We'll provide training. We'll give you some education, drop some knowledge on you. We'll talk motivation. And we will, of course, share some of our most favorite TCS New York City Marathon moments as coaches, as athletes, and as huge fans of the historic race. And also, every 15 minutes, we're going to check in physically and mentally to keep you on track on your long run. Today, we're going to focus on your why. Why are you out here running all these long miles? There are a million reasons why people decide to run a marathon, whether it is their first marathon or their 50th marathon. And uh, we're going to help you uh, figure out yours, which is probably different from mine and probably different from Gordon's. Love it. Let's get started with your first self-check-in. Great work getting out there. We are so honored that you have brought us along for the ride. And uh, something to keep in mind, you have heard us by now uh, talk an awful lot about using your long run as a dress rehearsal. And we've talked about it very specifically in terms of fueling and hydration. But it's also important, especially now that we're getting into fall weather and uh, closer and closer to the race, it's important to pay attention to the dress part of the dress rehearsal. Is this tank top that you're wearing like the most amazing feather light thing and you never wanna take it off? Great. Is it maybe a little chilly today? You might try some uh, disposable arm sleeves that you can just pop off and toss if you get warm. All of these things are part of practicing for the big day, and we are so honored to be part of today's practice run. So, great work. Keep at it. We will be with you for the rest of your long run. Love it. Thanks, Coach Daphne. This is great. And I love this topic. Oh, I <laughs> finding your why. Uh, we could just talk on and on and on. So, you know, for me, it's so interesting. I've been running for a really long time, and my why has changed over time. So, as we go through like training tips related to finding your why, I, I want all of you, and we'll talk about this in detail, to just keep in mind that your why can change over time. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. And we, we, I know we both have stories to, to share about that. But before we launch into that, I wanted to 
to kind of talk about the why behind the why. Uh, why is it important to know your why, to find your why? And I, I sort of divided into to three categories. Um, one is simply that running is is not easy, right, Coach Daphne? It's it is not. Yeah, I mean we love it and. Sometimes we just find, wow, this is, it's really challenging. Um, It makes you, it requires perseverance. It requires patience. It requires planning. And, and we do all these things, but to stay motivated, it just really, really helps to, to be able to take a little bit of a step back and think about, well, why are we doing this? Why is, why does it matter so much to us? Why why do we dedicate ourselves to this activity that sometimes makes us suffer or at least, you know, makes us have to problem solve and plan and um, kind of, you know, go by trial and error sometimes. So having that why is just like sort of a North star, sort of a constant that we can return to, um, you know, when, when those inevitable challenging moments come along, I kind of like to feel, I kind of feel like, when I am in touch with my why, it's sort of like having armor. Um, you know, you're still, you're still in battle. You're still challenged. You're still suffering even at times, but you're, you kind of, you know, you have that sort of knowledge and, and, and self-awareness and kind of just, just that internal core of like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Um, for me, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later because it, it, it matters so much. Um, I've drawn a lot of why from running for causes, which is something I didn't do at all in the early stages of my, of my running, um, but now is like super, super important. I've run for Team for Kids. I've fundraised and run for uh, Back on My Feet. And I always support other runners' causes as well when I can. Um, cause I just think that's, that's a really, really, um, motivating and empowering and, uh, sort of centering way to, to focus at least, at least if in your buildup for, for a big race, like the TCS New York city marathon. Um, I love that. I, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it just hard. resonates so much. All of it. The first time was really hard. I was like, oh, you know, nobody's going to sponsor or nobody's going to support me. You know, I don't like asking people for money. I'm no good at this. I'm awkward. You know, there's so many causes. Why, why does my cause matter so much more than other people's cause? Um, but it, it just it just really clicked with me. Um, I realized that people people did care. You know, people were invested in, in my running. And so they were invested in my cause and, and the causes were great. I mean, who's, who's going to not, you know, who's not going to not be in favor of children's fitness and empowering, um, underserved communities and back on my feet. Yeah. Who's not going to want to help people who've, who've been through tough times, um, find, find their way and use running as, as one of the tools to do that. So it, it's really been, been great. And again, as I said earlier, that wasn't something that was part of my why early on in my career, really for, for most of my career until about five or six years ago. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't run for charity, you know, just because of, of that I had other whys and, 
I just feel like, oh, I don't like asking people for money, but that's a whole other conversation. So there's um, a, there's a reason you're not a salesperson and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I realized, you know, just get over yourself, Gordon. It was like, yeah, you know, you're not, I'm not asking for the money for me. It's not like, oh, you know, support my vacation to Aruba. No, it's like, I'm not keeping the money. I'm, it's, it's for incredibly worthy organizations that do amazing work in communities and, um, you know, have, have, and, and that this have used this tool, not, not, and again, it's not about me, you know, they've used this tool for, for years to, um, to do, to continue this great work. So it was, it was awesome. So that's kind of how why works for me, just kind of in, in a nutshell. Yeah, I, uh, I love that. And, uh, you know, it's, it is so fascinating, isn't it? How, um, how it can change over time. Like when you started out running, you, uh, you were a professional athlete for a while and that's, that is a very, very different kind of a why from raising money. Yeah. It was sort of a built-in why. It was like, mm-hmm. well, of course, you know, I just wanted, I, I love the activity. You know, I didn't, I didn't take my very first steps because I wanted to like win an Olympic gold medal or something like that. I, I took my very first steps because I, I felt so good when I ran. So I guess that's the original, original why. But I did discover pretty early on that I, I had talent and, you know, that I would sort of do the same training, if you will, although you could barely call it that back then as a people. <laughs> and, and I would break the tape, you know, it's like, whoa, that's never happened to me before in a sport. You know, I'd done a lot of sports um, and I'd never been like one of the better participants in them. Um, I have very poor hand-eye coordination, anything involving a ball or a stick or, you know, having to kind of like plan things out and, you know, you're, um, understand your body in space, that sort of thing. I've been watching uh, some tennis recently and just, oh, man, <laughs> the skills that these people have. Obviously, they work really right well at it. But uh, <laughs> not uh, not skills that I could ever 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 acquire to the level that that the professionals have it. No matter how many how many years I I tried, how many lessons I took, <laughs> how many tournaments I entered, I, there's just a yawning chasm between where they are and where I would be. But running, yeah, yeah, you know, the the success came pretty quickly and pretty easily. So that just defaulted into my why. I still loved it. You know, I wouldn't have continued if I, if I didn't enjoy the activity, but it was like, wow, this is, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm winning, I'm getting recognition, you know, people are, are noticing me who never noticed me before. Um, and it just, it, it's so quantifiable, you know, it's like train mm-hmm. this way and, and this will happen. So that was for a very long time, the why that uh, kind of carried me through. And still does. Yeah. I still love to compete. You know, I love that feeling of. of uh, oh yeah, you do. <laughs> I've seen you do it. <laughs> yeah, even even in uh, in group training and you know even in in workouts, it's like oh come on, come on, come on, let's strive together. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. an important why as well. So yeah, you're right. It it can and and does change over time. And. Uh, 
now that uh, now that you've had all of uh, all of this experience as a coach, um, how do you uh, how do you help new runners who are just starting this out? How do you that how do you help them point. find their why? Yeah, and I'll turn that one back on you later on because I I'd love <laughs> to hear what you have to say about that. But yeah, it's um, I ask a lot of questions when I when I coach people, and and when they ask me questions, I turn it back on them, and often turn it back on them in the form of a why. Um, for example, just very recently um, in September. A runner was uh, going to be running the Fifth Avenue Mile, which was uh, September 12th, and what you know is also training for the the TCS New York City Marathon, and just wasn't sure how to how to handle that that particular combo. I'm, I'm sure you've you've had this experience, Daphne, both as an athlete. Yes. And the Fifth Avenue Mile is a wonderful race, uh, but it comes right in the middle of marathon training for a lot of people. It's like when do I do my long run? Do I do my long run? Do I do it the day before? Do I run the Fifth Avenue mile and then, you know, tack on a bunch of miles afterwards? Do I run some before, then do the Fifth Avenue mile, then add more? And I just kept saying, well, why? You know, what, what, is, what are you trying to get out of this? What, what will make you feel, um, feel good, first of all, you know, feel... Um, you know, satisfied with, with sort of the, the weekend and how it shakes out. And, uh, you know, wh- where are you going with this? So, you know, it was just sort of a lot of why questions when they, I think, kind of wanted me to tell them exactly what to do. And we did come up with a great plan. and It worked out really well. But, you know, it's um, as a coach, I find I do ask a lot of why questions. And the more I can understand what individual runners and groups of runners are kind of striving for, you know, what their why is um, and the why behind their why sometimes, um, the more successful I can be as a coach. That is, uh, that's, that's solid advice and, and advice that I am going to take to heart in my own coaching practice. Oh, I'm sure you, I'm sure you already do coach Daphne. You, I've, I've seen you in action with, with runners. Um, it's sort of natural on my part. It's like, I'm just a really curious person anyway, and whether it's exploring my own why or the whys of, of runners that I coach, I'm, I really want to know, you know, and, and, you know, you, you obviously have boundaries with people and, you know, you don't, you don't have to know every detail of a person's life in order to be a, an effective coach. But I, I do find that, that encouraging people to kind of look within um, and identify and know and um, kind of incorporate their whys into their running uh, can can be really really beneficial. So here Absolutely. we are. Sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? No. Um, yeah, you're you're right. You're right on time, Coach Gordon. At the fifteen, <laughs> thirty minutes even. Oh, that that hardly ever happens. All right. Well, I just want to do our next check-in with the runners. Uh, You guys are on an awesome journey. And as we continue here, I just want to remind you, and I know you know this, but I'll say it anyway, continue to run the mile you're in. We are in a period where our long runs are getting longer. Um, the 60 minutes that we're together today may not may not be all of your long run, 
uh, depending on where you are in your training cycle. Um, but just whatever mile you're in, run that mile. So keep thinking of that. You are looking great. You are doing great. So just keep it up. So it, uh, it's such a fascinating question. What motivates so many people? Um, I, uh, like you, coach Gordon, I, um, have also, uh, run as a charity runner. And, um, in fact, I ran my first marathon that way. And I have also raised money since then, um, even as a more accomplished marathoner, I have raised money for Team for Kids. And that is, um, raising money for Team for Kids is especially motivating, not only because of, uh, you know, who, as you said, who doesn't want to help underserved uh, public schools and help kids get access to more phys ed. That's, those are all good things. Oh, for sure. When, yeah, when did you run with Team for Kids? I, I had uh, you did that. Berlin 2018, I raised money for Team for Kids. And um, I, in fact, did not find, in the age of social media, I did not find that the fundraising was at all challenging because mm-hmm. that is such an easy sell to a bunch of runners. Like, basically three Instagram posts and my, you know several hundred followers were like sold done here's 50 bucks that's and yeah and it definitely makes it makes it easier i agree mm -hmm. you know with my zillions of followers (laughs) (laughs) you're such an influencer coach gordon Uh (laughs) both of us right up uh, there with beyonce Right up there with Beyonce, exactly. And um, it's so funny what you were saying earlier about uh, about playing other sports. And um, I'm I'm right there with you in the same boat. My my only athletic gift is endurance, and I am uh, I played ice hockey in college in high school and. Uh, I loved it. I'm not sure that there is a more fun game team sport to play. And also I was terrible at it. Um, I'd like to see a throwback Thursday photo, please from that (laughs) at your earliest convenience on the next available Thursday. Me and skates. Yeah. You in skates and, and I assume, you know, headgear and, and pads and all kinds of stuff. So looking forward Um, to that. Definitely all of those things. My my parents paid good money for these teeth. They they weren't about to let me do anything to really jeopardize them. Um, but uh, there are exactly zero slow, steady guys with their names engraved on Stanley Cup. Like it's just a whole different kind of fitness. Um, but do you remember, Coach Gordon, several years ago when? Uh, this this is some deep uh, inside hockey sports nerdery. When a bunch of the 1994 Stanley Cup champion New York Rangers ran the TCS New York City Marathon. I do. I do remember that. That was a while ago. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. And they, um, several of them, in fact, have their their numbers in the rafters. That's, that's how great they are at hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That was a but fun they, year. It was so 1994 much 1994 was a fun year, and whatever year these guys ran, I can't remember when it was. Or sometime in the, I want to say... 2011, around, maybe? Uh, 2010, 2010, something like that. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember. But they all um, raised money for various charities. I, the one that stands out is uh, Mark Messier, who mm-hmm. was raising money for the Kingsbridge Armory in the Bronx. And even though he had never been an endurance athlete before, we went to a press event with him and he like he had such a solid why. And he had really gotten into the mindset of being a distance runner and, you know, logging the hard miles on a cold, rainy day. And he had done all of that. And he was like, I, I have this goal and it's this shining thing that I'm chasing. And that's what keeps me going when it's hard. And I, I wanted to stand up and applaud. Nice. That, yeah, that is awesome. So he had, he had, yeah, a solid why and probably, you know, through, through running that marathon did something that he didn't think he was capable of, which is hard to imagine. You know, I feel like if you win a Stanley Cup, you can kind of do anything, but doing, running a marathon is a whole other, wow, if I can do this, I can do anything sort of feeling. It, it is so true. And, you know, just that is something that motivates so many first timers. Like yes. this is, um, I, I tell people all the time, you are never going to drain a three pointer in Madison square garden. You're never going to shoulder a bat in Yankee stadium, but this is a thing. This is a huge monumental challenge that you can take on with the very best in the world on the same course on the same day. And I think that really, really appeals to a whole lot of people who, um, you know, you uh, you graduate from college and you get settled in your career and like, what else is there to do? What else yeah. would be really hard? For sure. I, I definitely uh, can relate to that. I did my first marathon when I was 23. So I'd been out of college, like, yeah, like a year and, you know, a few months. And it was it was that feeling. And, you know, I, I had that that background as, you know, having succeeded in running, but with my first marathon, it was definitely all about the accomplishment of, of crossing the finish line. You know, I mean, the, the, the winners had gone home and showered and, you know, probably were heavily into their, uh, their post-race, uh, you know, uh, whatever French fries and, and, and hamburger by the time I, I was <laughs> approaching Central Park, but that didn't matter. You know, it was really just that accomplishment of, of completing 26.2 miles. That was a huge why getting me and, uh, getting me out the door and honestly how many marathons have you run now coach gordon 35 35 yeah, all right that's long, that makes 36. my up, upcoming number 14 seem piddly but um oh but, that is that's amazing i'm older it, than you daphne keep that in mind <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Also, you started when you were younger. I waited until I, I was 27 to run my first marathon. There you go. Um, but it I, honestly, that's that's still a thing that gets me out the door. People, um, people who really don't know a lot about distance running. Have you ever heard this, Gordon? Will say like, "Oh, you've run you've run 13 marathons. Like you could you could just go do that tomorrow." And wow. I, I guess maybe. I could, but I never in a million years would just get up and do that because I have such respect for the distance. 
Right. Right. Yeah. And the training is, is I, I gain respect for it every single time I do one even more as I, as I get older, you know, it's, it's harder. <laughs> it takes longer. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how you, you have to just really worry about injury because it takes longer to recover when you're older. So yeah, the accomplishment of, um, of completing a marathon training for and completing a marathon, um, grows monumental. That's the reason I have so much respect for these, these folks that we call streakers. Um, not the kind from the seventies, the kind who have done, uh, in our case, this <laughs> marathon many, many times in a row. And, you know, so these, these people are, tend to be older, you know, cause it takes a while to, to build up a streak, mm-hmm. uh, of, of respectable length. And, you know, it's like, they're still getting after it. You know, they, they are slower than they used to be in most cases. Um, but they, they really, that's their why I think in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Um, and it's, it's just so awesome. I'm, I'm really, really inspired by them. You know, people who are are lining up, you know, in their 60s, 70s, in some cases, even early 80s and uh, getting after it because um, because they've done it so many times. And they have great stories, too, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Isn't there aren't there like a tiny handful? um, Like I'm thinking you could count them on one hand, like a tiny handful of people who've run them all. Yeah, not not all all, but all. There's um, one gentleman in particular, Dave Obelkovich, who's done all of the five borough ones. So he he did 1974, which was in Central Park, not a five borough, right. and he missed 75, and then he did 76, which was the first five borough. Um, you know, and supposed to be the only one, right? Exactly, and he hasn't missed one since. So I don't know. Do that's that. amazing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's really good. I saw him the other day. He's out training. I assume to to run on November seventh. So good, good, good. Pretty cool. Yeah. It uh, it's worth if you're wondering. You know, we've been talking about uh, all these different things that motivate people. Um, and if you are running along and, and you're thinking, gee, I, why am I doing this? Um, I, I would say, think back to when you clicked submit and you sent your credit card information and you signed up for the race that you're training for now, whether it is your first marathon or your 50th TCS New York City Marathon, um, the, I'm sure that uh, you got fired up in that moment. Oh, thought, yeah. That's right? such a cool moment, clicking submit. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I uh, I remember when I did uh, the Escape from Alcatraz triathlon. and Now that is a story of, you'll have to tell sometime. <laughs> It, it is. It is. It's uh, it's different from a marathon, but it uh, it was. I think the uh, you know the truest definition of the word exhilarating is something that's really exciting, but also kind of terrifying. Kind of terrifying, <laughs> exactly. And I hit submit and was like, "Well, here we go. Oh boy, go. <laughs> no turning back. <laughs> no turning back." And uh, you you are hearing me. Right now, on your long run, I am not at the bottom of San Francisco Bay. I did not get washed out under the Golden Gate. I'm, I'm just fine. I finished. You did it. You did it. 
That is great. Well, that's a story for another day. But yeah, that that hitting submit. And then, of course, you get the little confirmation that says registration accepted or, you know, whatever it says. And you take a picture of it and, or you screenshot it and you post that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a cool thing. Um, it is. It it's is. very it validating. Is. I, uh, I did it myself as I was. In fact, I have a clear memory of doing it. As I was sitting in the airport at JFK, um, waiting to get on my flight to Berlin to go and run the Berlin Marathon as a Team for Kids charity runner, and I looked at my phone and I got the confirmation from the Boston Athletic Association, and I was like, wow, now I have two marathons, one in three days and one next spring. Yeah. So that was 2018, fall of 2018 mm-hmm. for Berlin, and then you did Boston 2019, the following spring. Yes. yes wow. Yes. That is, that's so cool. Yeah, that must have been like, I don't know, the cherry on top of the Sunday or something like that, having, having it, that happen as you were on your way to one, getting accepted and confirmed into the other. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And, you know, one of my favorite things about watching the TCS New York City Marathon is um, we talked about people raising money for causes. Um, People do all kinds of all kinds of wacky things. They run Mm -hmm. in costumes. Or do you remember the guy who ran the race and juggled for 26.2 miles? Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. I see he's a neighbor of mine. I mean, not like, Oh really? But yeah. He lives in my area. So I see him out training. He, he's serious. You know, he's a very good runner. Um, he does a very respectable time and he, even while juggling, even while juggling. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's no, he's no joke. It's fun. You know, and he always has a smile on his face, which is, which is great. Um, and doesn't yeah. he have some uh, incredibly strict rule? Like if he drops a ball, like it's all over. You got to go back to the, go back to Staten Island. Question. You know, that's sort of because I, I did. I have spoken to him. I've never asked him that question. I wonder what the what the rule is. Do you just sort of pick up the ball and keep going? Or I, I don't think you would have to go back to the start. <laughs> I sincerely of, hope not. I'm not sure that's even possible, Coach Daphne. It's, it's like this, the, the Arizona Narrows Bridge is a one-way street, I think, on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> no, Coach you Gordon can't, and I can't are... do a do-over. It's like when I used right. to play mini golf with my kids and they'd always want to do a do-over. Like, no, no do-overs here. You got to keep going. So, well, speaking of just, keeping going, here we are. Yeah. We are at our 30-minute our mark. Mm-hmm. Right on. So, we just hit the 30-minute mark. Coach Daphne, you want to do a check-in? Yes, it is time. 30 minutes, you are running so strong. Take a minute here um, to check in with your running form. You have checked in with your running clothes already. By now you have had a drink and maybe you're starting to think about some fuel, but think about your running form. Are you up tall? Are you carrying tension in your neck and your shoulders? If so, let that go. Um, are you swinging your elbows straight forward and straight back or your hands kind of pointing left and right? Um, all of those little things 
start to get more exaggerated as you get tired. And if you look at any of anybody who's breaking the tape in a marathon, they are generally looking just about perfect. I'm thinking of Shalane Flanagan running past Tavern on the Green in 2017. She looked like she just crossed the starting line. And uh, so you wanna you wanna focus on your form. It will uh, it will just make you feel so much better throughout the long run and make your recovery better. So that's uh, that's my my running coach hat tip there. So the miles are flying by as you are lifting your knees, and propelling yourself forward. Every step is bringing you closer to your post long run shower, which is, I don't know, I don't know about anybody else, but it's always my favorite shower of the many showers I take in a week. So keep at it. We are so glad to be here with you. All right. Love that. Wow. The miles really are flying. So it's great. They are. Yeah. So I loved it when when you were talking about those those sort of moments of validation before and how those can can contribute to to your why, and you know I really try to in, encourage um, the runners that I coach and and also you know the self talk that I have with myself to to lean into those moments to really kind of celebrate those moments not to not take them for granted because um, they can they can really contribute to to your why. I think, um, it, you know, running is, running is a simple sport, but there's a lot to think about when you're, when you're training for um, a marathon in particular, you know, because there's just so many factors that go into it. There's running itself. There's all the things that you do surrounding your running to stay healthy from your diet to your stretching and foam rolling to, you know, making sure you're getting enough sleep to, uh, you know, trying to keep your stress levels under control to, you know, figuring out how to fit it in. Um, and then, you know, we haven't even touched on the little niggles that come up, you know, and you don't want to get injured. There's your equipment, you know, making sure that you have good shoes and you're replacing them regularly. Uh, you know, what you're going to wear on race day, dealing with the weather in general, I'm, I'm going on and on and on, but you, you get the idea. So it's, it's so tempting, I think. Um, and I find this as a runner myself and also as a coach to just focus only on that you know, to, to sweat the details and the details matter, you know, <laughs> absolutely. They really do. What you eat and, you know, how you fuel your runs in particular, your overall diet, you know, all the stuff that I mentioned matters so much. Uh, but that ability to, to take a step back and, you know, just check in with your why on, on a regular basis. Um, and also to, to let those moments in, you know, to, you know, to celebrate them, to acknowledge them, to savor them, um, where you really, you know, can, can appreciate what you're undertaking, you know, like we were talking about before that moment when, when you hit submit and then you get the little confirmation email and then, you know, maybe if you're, you're running the, the TCS New York City Marathon, the, the regular newsletters that you, you get via email, um, starting to make your plans for travel, you know, starting to, 
Uh, we're a little bit far out to start thinking about tapering and all that sort of thing uh, yet. We'll be talking about that in, in a few weeks, but, uh, you know, just kind of thinking ahead to that, you know, that we're not that far away from kind of thinking about your race week and what that's going to look like, what your taper is going to look like. Um, all the details of, of being in New York City, whether you live here yourself or you're coming in from out of town and just planning all the logistics and things. I would just encourage runners, and I do encourage the runners that I, that I coach to to savor those moments, um, not in an obsessive way. You know, yeah, you got those are like more details that you have to sort of obsess about and, you know, maybe do a little bit of problem solving here and there. But just to to savor those, and because they're they're a part of your your why as well. And I guess I would just Absolutely. also encourage people to, you know, your why can be as big and broad and um, bold as as you want it to be. Um, it you know it's we were talking before about you know maybe you started running for a very specific reason or you. Um, did your first marathon for a very specific reason. You know, maybe there was someone who challenged you to it, who said like, you know, I don't think you can do it. Not, not in a mean way, not, in, you know, hopefully not in a mean way. <laughs> you don't have any mean friends, but just like, wow, you really think you can do that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, I can do it. I'm going to, I'm going to go after this. Um, but, but that, so that was your why. It was like, well, I'm going to prove to so-and-so that I can run a marathon or, you know, just anyone who, you know, doesn't think that, that I'm, I'm capable of this, I'll, I'll show them. Uh, but then over time, your, your why can, can become bigger and bolder and, and more beautiful than that. It can, it can still, ha- you can still have that goal. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this um, because people don't think I can, but it can, it can become bolder and more broad and more positive than that. It's like, wow, I'm doing this amazing thing for myself and I'm meeting all these people and I'm, you know, just getting stronger from week to week. Um, and my whole life is just kind of better. Um, yeah, I have to get up early and, and train on Saturday morning, but as a result, I'm, you know, maybe, sleeping better overall, or my diet's a little better overall, or, you know, I feel a little more calm at, at, uh, during, during the day at work because, you know, I'm getting exercise on a, on a regular basis, that sort of thing. So I would just encourage people to, to allow your why to, to kind of grow, if you will. Um, even if it doesn't like change, you know, you can still have sort of the kernel of the why that got you started with, with running and with marathon training, um, but, but add layers onto it and sort of just let it, let it grow beyond that. Does that make sense, Coach Daphne? It does. Absolutely. When, uh, yeah, I have heard many stories of people who have signed up for their first marathon because they lost a bet. (laughs) (laughs) A bar bet, right? Yes, exactly. There, there's often booze involved. Yes, and um, and then very quickly they start to discover, wow, this is like, yes, this is this is really hard, and this is testing me in ways that I never thought that I would be tested. But also, it's uh, it's really really valuable, and the things uh, the things that you learn about yourself when you um, 
have forgotten your headphones and you are in a new city and you have to do a long run. I don't know anyone named Daphne who maybe has experienced this. <laughs> but, uh, oh, when, when did that happen? I, me? For, fail to plan? Heavens no. Um, <laughs> but uh, when when things like that happen and you know that the important thing is not really do I have something to listen to during my long run, but am I doing my long run? Yeah. Um, and if you have run 20 miles alone with just your own head for company, you are going to, uh, to find out some fairly profound things about yourself. You've done a lot of those coach Gordon. Well, I was going to say, you know, bringing back the uh, the topic of the the uh, yawning gap between your age and my age. It's not that many years, but it's enough <laughs> that I, I have done many long runs without music, just for the record, because, you know, I, I started running before there was even the Sony Discman. So there, <laughs> there was nothing. You'd, you'd have had to have a marching band. Radio. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what people did. I, I think they just ran without music for, for years and years and without Strava. I don't know how they did it, but somehow. I mean, if nobody knows about it, right? right. <laughs> well, you know that people have said to me, how do we know that Ted Corbett ran 200 miles a week? There was no Strava. It's like, I think we should just take his word for it. What do you think? I I think so. And, uh, you know, people, people who are as dedicated to it as uh, Ted Corbett, many, many New York area runners will be familiar with the Ted Corbett 15K um, that happens in December in Central Park. Ted Corbett yeah. was uh, one of the founders of New York Roadrunners and also a very, very early ultra runner before mm -hmm. that even had a name. So, um 15k like he was just getting warmed up just getting warmed up exactly but someone who is that dedicated to it i i mean he wouldn't lie about that he wouldn't lie exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah yeah uh how did we get on how did we get on the topic of ted corbett oh we were talking about uh running without music so yeah yes. how, how did you get through that that run with that 20 mile run without without your uh, AirPods or whatever you use? I, I decided to uh, just lean into the possible, possible boredom, inevitable discomfort that mm -hmm. is going to happen on a long run. And um, I actually, I did have a good long run. And, uh, you know, I had to come up with all kinds of mental tricks to keep myself uh keep myself engaged like all right another six minutes and we get to stop for water or we're gonna we're gonna maybe push a little bit until I get to that red mailbox mm -hmm. and um things like that that you can come up with in the moment um they uh they yeah. will serve you well on race day because Anything can happen. You have to be flexible in about about a million ways. There, right, Coach Gordon? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no. yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't use music on race day. I don't know. Never ever. Do. I don't either. Either I'm engaged enough with the crowds, with the people around me, and just like tuning into that that feedback loop. So, yeah, Sometimes. and honestly, in the TCS New York City Marathon, I I 
I couldn't imagine running it with headphones. You want to hear the yeah. crowds. There is a band on just about every street corner. It's it's way people. better than any playlist you could come up with. Exactly, exactly. No, but I, I really like the way you frame that story around like, well, you know, it's not like, how am I going to get the music? It's like, you know, I am going to do this run. You know, that was like the, the, cause your why wasn't, you know, the reason that you run is not to listen to music. It's nice that you nope. can listen to music while, while you're running, but that's, that's not your why. Um, so the focus is on the why, which is, you know, wanting to, to have a great marathon and have a great training buildup. So it's sort of non-negotiable, you know, you're not going to skip your long run. You're not going to cut your long run short. Um, you're going to do your long run. So it's just sort of coming up with strategies for, you know, making it as, uh, effective as possible, you know, cause you're still running 20 miles, you know, it's the same 20 miles. It's going to take mm-hmm. you the same amount of time and, uh, have the same effect on your body. Um, you're just going to be a little bored in places where you would be listening to music or podcasts or whatever you listen to. But I like that framing, you know, just tapping into the why, um, rather than, you know, bemoaning the fact that this one element is is missing for that one particular run. And it's so important throughout your training. I tell people all the time on, uh, you and I ran together this morning and it was bucketing rain. It was. On, uh, on days like that, um, when you when you push through the hard tempo workout that we had people do this morning, I firmly believe those are the those are the workouts you remember when you're standing in the start corral. Exactly. The weather was crappy, and I had all kinds of gravel in my shoes. And I did too. Early what was morning. up with that? So much gravel. <laughs> so much gravel today, yeah, and I did it. I I toughed it out, and I did it. And uh, that uh, that it, it means you're ready to race when when you pull off a thing like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah I felt that amongst the amongst the runners as well. They, uh, you know, it was not ideal. It was a little warm, a little humid, and then it was raining really hard for a while, and then it then it stopped and it was fine. So yeah. anyway, here we are. We are at the forty five minute mark. I cannot believe it. You guys look amazing. You're doing amazing. And, you know, whether you have, you're going to cut it off at 60 today because that's what's on your schedule or extending it a little bit beyond that or wherever you are. Um, In addition to running the mile you're in, I can't say that often enough. uh, Just a reminder, fuel, you need to be fueling. Nothing makes a long run miserable like not having enough fuel. I've had that happen a few times this summer with all my experience. I just didn't get my fueling right on a couple of long runs this summer and uh, made, made some adjustments. So remember, use these long runs to keep adjusting. Um, be honest about how you're feeling. You know, did I get it right? Did I not get it right? What can I do differently? But uh, really, you guys are crushing this. You look amazing. And uh, we are just cruising along here. All right. What you got, Coach Daphne? Yeah, you know, I, um, I, I'm loving hearing all of your wisdom, Coach Gordon. It, uh, it's so fascinating because you came at this from a place of 
having some real talent and um, you know a, a professional career early on. I around a Sony disc man, yes. <laughs> I I have no talent. <laughs> like, that is not oh. true at all. You are an amazing athlete, and I really I'm serious about wanting to see those hockey photos. So I'm going to hold you to. <laughs> I will. It, they were long enough ago that uh, definitely there are not any digital ones, but I will find a paper one somewhere. Right. They they exist. A scanner, <laughs> a wonderful device. But uh, speaking as uh, as someone who is strictly an amateur, I thought when I ran my first marathon as a charity runner, um, I thought that I it was. Uh, it was just like that that famous line from George Mallory, who hilariously, not hilariously, died climbing Mount Everest. Someone asked him, why do you want to do it? And he said, because it's there. And that was kind of what I thought about the marathon. It was yeah, like a big, yeah, for sure. scary thing. It exists in the world. And I thought, all right, I just want to see if I can do it. And... I did the training cycle and I ran. My only goal was to not walk at all in my mm-hmm. first marathon. And I I don't even know like why I was afraid of that. I, it's fine if you have to take a walk break. Lots of people do it. Yeah. Totally in fact, sometimes okay. it's better to plan a walk break than to have one forced upon you. But Absolutely. And there are plenty of people, in fact, who have taken walk breaks like through water stations and run much faster marathons than I ran my first one. Um, But anyway, I don't know why I was so afraid of that, but there it was. I, I I never took walk breaks in training. Like I did my 20 mile long run and that was all fine. And so I did that. I ran every step of the whole way. And uh, then something there was there were several years in between there were seven years I ran my first marathon we're actually coming up on the 20th anniversary of it It was in 2001 oh wow anniversary yeah thank you what what did you call that a marathon anniversary a marathon anniversary exactly so I ran my next one was uh the New York City Marathon in 2008 the Mm -hmm. one and only time I've ever done it And even though I was, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, I was, I still didn't know anything about what I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about training. I had a really stressful job. I was undertrained. It was kind of a disaster, but it, every single story with the evil boss, right? Yes, exactly. Remain nameless. Who shall remain nameless. Um, <laughs> I have heard this before, but I love hearing it again. But I, uh, something just clicked, even as I was not training for that marathon. I thought, I, I want to see, I want to see how far I can go with this. Because I took a lot of time, like a lot of people who do decide to run a second marathon, um, it's pretty easy to take a big chunk of time off from mm-hmm. your first to your second, just because you know what you're in for. Yeah. Um, that is true. But that was when I decided like, I, I, I have some time goals. And um, so if you are a veteran marathoner and, uh, and you have a time goal in mind, good luck. It is, uh, it is, 
a fantastic and also sometimes an incredibly frustrating and maddening and sometimes even heartbreaking thing thing mm-hmm. to work toward, but so very, very worthwhile. And um, since then, so my goal for a long time was qualifying for the Boston Marathon, and I have done that. And pretty much every marathon I have run since then, I have none of them have been alike. And what you were just saying earlier, Coach Gordon, about um, about really leaning into not just the race aspect, but the the journey there and the training part yeah, of it, right? I have so really, cool. really loved all of the training and mm-hmm. I have learned so much, even as many times as I've done it. It's like peeling an onion. There is always something new to discover. Yeah. Even, even now you're kind of, so you've done 14. So the one that you're training for now is 15. And the one I'm training for, for now is 14. Is 14. Gotcha. Yes. So, wow. um, so cool. Any any superstitions about 13 were laid to rest <laughs> when, I, when I ran a virtual marathon in 2020. That was... There you go. Leave those superstitions behind. They're, exactly. They're gone. Good. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. The other thing uh, for me that's, that's become a bigger part of my why than it was early on, I think I was going to say this earlier and then we got sidetracked, um, I I don't want to say I wasn't interested in the running community at all, because that's not true. It was just, I really was very focused on my performance goals. And um, even though I was a coach at the time, I, I started coaching in 1986, 87 with the, the old uh, New York Roadrunners um, running classes, they were called. Uh, so I didn't coach individual runners. I, I just co- I coached groups, which which was great. But I was very, very focused on on my own running for a long time. And, you know, don't forget also social media wasn't really a thing back then, was not a thing. Nobody had heard of Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg probably was still in diapers. But uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, so running communities were, were sort of different back then, and there wasn't as much sharing and, and community building through running as, as there is now. But um, that has just become such an enriching part of, part of my why, is being part of a community and connecting with people and certainly coaching and, you know, trying to, to share what I think I've learned um, through, through years of, of being a runner at, at kind of all different levels and having, you know, experiences of having children. So coming back from pregnancy, everything that I've been through and now, you know, getting, um, you know, I'm way past the, the masters. I'm, I'm into, I'm 60. So I'm, um, you know, been a master's runner for, for 20 years, you know, haven't set a lifetime PR in decades. And, and you know, so I, I'm all about the age graded rather than the, uh, you know, chasing like lifetime PRs. Um, just that, that community building and that sense of camaraderie um, that, that running, running uh, creates and allows for, um, as you know, well, Daphne, you know, filters come off when you're, when you're running with people and, and, um, so true. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the, um, I love, I love the experience of running with someone in a race, you know, especially a marathon, cause that's a longer race and mm-hmm. get talking, you know, someone you maybe 
know only slightly or sometimes a complete stranger, you know, someone you have never met before and you run a few miles together and, you know, you may not, you may talk just a little bit, but there's that bond, just knowing that that person's a runner and that they're trying to uh, do the same thing that you're trying to do. And, you know, if you can help each other, great. Um, If you can, you know, just like be side by side with that person, it's, it's awesome. It, It gives me chills even just to think of it. And then you cross the finish line and you may never see them again. That's the crazy thing. You may, you know, it may be like, okay, you know, literally like have a nice life. And you helped me out so much in this moment. And, you know, thanks. Um, there's, that's just so special. You know, the, the camaraderie, the camaraderie that we find uh, through, even through these, these, um, these podcasts, you know, these, these long run uh, radio segments that we do, you know, I, I feel really close to the, the runners that we're, we're talking to, uh, the group training experiences that we have, the other coaches that, that we get to know. It's, it's really, really special and unique. I mean, there's certainly plenty of other experiences in life that can, can uh, form camaraderie, can form a sense of community, but there's something really, really special about running just doing it together, striving together, as you were talking about earlier, being out in nasty weather together. Um, you kind of lose your inhibitions and you just kind of bring your, your true self to it. So it's, it's very special. It is. And uh, the community similarly was, for me, was, uh, was a real revelation. I, I thought that this was you know, a solitary thing. You do your training all by yourself and then suddenly you show up and there's thousands of people that are also doing this. And it, it took me a while, um, to really kind of lean into, uh, to the community aspect. And now it is, I almost never go for a run by myself and, Mm -hmm. um, and I love it that way. Yeah. And I, uh, I have met, literally thousands of runners over the years between, you know, working at the TCS New York City Marathon Expo or, you know, people around in Central Park. And I can think of about two of those many thousands who are jerks. Runners are just cool. (laughs) That many? They will remain nameless. (laughs) Two people. Yeah, no, I, runners are, are really nice people. You really are. I have to, I have to say, um, yeah. So would you say that community is, is part of your why? One million percent. One of, uh, one of my most cherished running memories after I finally did qualify for Boston, I did it in, uh, bustling downtown Hartford, Connecticut, um, Coach Josh has also run that race. He ran the Hartford really... Marathon. That's where you qualified. Mm-hmm. Nice. And and you know they uh, they really do a nice job um, with the important things. But, yeah, I've uh, run the half. I've never run the full. I enjoy uh, it very it, much. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. And uh, man, shout out to Hartford. Race. Shout out to the Nutmeg State. All right, but. Uh, I immediately posted on on Facebook. I finally did it, and so many people who knew me knew that I had been trying to do this for so long, and that it was such a big deal. And um, you know, Coach Gordon, you know all the fast people in Central Park. Like there's there, there's a crew that oh, yeah. you see on the bridal path all the time. 
and um, one particular fast Central Park runner, an Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon, like six days later when I finally felt like going out for a slow shuffle again after after my big marathon triumph, I passed this guy and he was like, hey, way to go in Hartford. That was amazing. I'm oh, so wow. And I was like, I can die now. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know, you know, no matter what yeah. level they're at, that's that's huge, you know, and they mm-hmm. know what it means and they know how hard you worked for it. You know, they know the journey that you took to get there. Not, not that you you know, just went out and did it someday. Like we were talking about before. Sure, I'm just going to run a marathon tomorrow. That you put in, you know, months of, of blood, sweat, and tears. That's a great mm-hmm. story. That's, uh, golly, I think that is a good note to end on because we are at 60 minutes. I can hardly I think it. we are, yeah. fly they certainly do so just runners, like yeah yeah what were you gonna just say? like stories about running i know we yap 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 the miles fly the stories flow and uh our why endures so thank you guys we just want to thank you for joining us today we're near the 60 minute mark of your run if you are just finishing up congratulations and thank you for listening If you still have some more miles to go, I might recommend a little Madonna. That's just my own personal bias. Um, Good luck. You've got this. I'm Coach Daphne. And I'm Coach Gordon. And we'll be back next week on New York Roadrunners Coaching Lab Long Run Radio. Bye.